0: Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders, a podcast where people connected to autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, I'm your host, Rachel Harmon, a professional with over a decade of experience in the field of autism services, outreach, and advocacy. Have you ever been at work and felt like your colleagues just didn't understand you, or maybe didn't even try? Or have you ever worked up the courage to request accommodations only to then have your needs minimized? If you want to hear about a company with a work environment just the opposite of that, stay tuned for today's conversation with Maxwell Huffman and Jen Gabot, where we discuss how Spiritech creates opportunities for their neurodivergent employees to thrive. Maxwell is autistic himself and oversees operations across all of Aspirotech's program lines, including software quality assurance, accessibility, and data services. And Jen, who has ADHD, is the program manager for the company's accessibility program line. In this conversation, among other things, we discuss how Brenda and Moshi Weitzberg founded Aspirotech to help their son find suitable employment, scaling it up from a kitchen table startup to a company with over 100 employees, 90% of which are autistic, common accommodations such as written instructions and hybrid work options, a Spiritex hiring and training process, and how to match skill sets to a job. In this episode, discover what's possible when your work environment helps you flourish. And now I present you, Maxwell Huffman and Jen Gabot.
1: Hi, I'm Maxwell Huffman. I'm Director of Operations at Spiritech Non-For-Profit. We're a quality assurance testing house. Our mission is to employ individuals that are on the autism spectrum. I myself am on the autism spectrum, and I was hired here about eight years ago as a quality assurance analyst, which is our entry level. And I've gradually worked my way up to being the Director of Operations here. And it's been an absolute dream job here at Aspear Tech for myself being on the autism spectrum and all the work I've learned to do here and all the individuals that I've worked with. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Great. And we'll definitely get into those details in this conversation. And Jen.
2: I also work at Aspyrotech. I am the accessibility program manager. So I oversee a team of testers who work on accessibility projects. So we work with clients on auditing their websites or mobile applications to ensure that they're usable by people with disabilities who use assistive technology or have other needs that need to be addressed with accessing uh, digital products. I was a behavior analyst for almost 10 years, and then I shifted uh, away from clinical work and started working at AspiraTech about four and a half years ago as one of the employment support specialists. And then I moved over to our operations side about three years ago. And started working on projects with clients and uh, managing a team of testers. Great.
0: And Jen, you're also a SkillCore alum. I am. Yeah. Have to mention that too. I <laughs> went on two trips, I believe, several years ago. Yeah.
2: Where did you travel to? I went to the Czech Republic and the Netherlands, I think back in 2018. Yeah.
0: Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's right. And we, we said that maybe we were even at orientation together back that summer, right?
2: Yeah, I feel like we've crossed paths at some point. Yeah, that or at one of the other events that they had at the, the Brooklyn office at one point.
0: Yeah. yeah, great. Well, um, so talking about Spiritech, Maxwell, you mentioned the mission. Could you share a little bit about the history, like the founder's story and how Spiritech came to be?
1: Absolutely. So, so it was founded by Moshe and Brenda Weitzberg. They have a son named Oran Weitzberg. Uh, who's also on the autism spectrum. And it was founded out of a need to find around meaningful employment and also give meaningful employment to other individuals that are on the autism spectrum or neurodiverse, neurodivergent. We're about 95% individuals that are neurodiverse, neurodivergent here that work at a spear Tech, which is on, on all levels of the company. Like I said, I'm director of operations and we have program managers as well that are neurodiverse or on the autism spectrum. But that's how the company was originally founded out of that need that Moshe Ben Brenda Weitzberg identified that this, this community is underserved and under-resourced in terms of uh, meaningful employment. And too many individuals that really have tremendous skills are not seen for that. And maybe they do poorly in an interview or they, they just don't have the communication skills fully put together to find that entry-level employment that would be a really meaningful career but that's what a SpearTech is here for, to try to provide that ramp for people to find a really meaningful career and find where those talents are and really expose those to potential employers. And, and it's and we've seen, you know, just tremendous things grow out of that. So I'm really glad that Brenda and Moshe founded a spear tech, and it's been a wonderful place for myself to work at and for all the other autistic individuals that work here
0: great that's so good to hear that they've created something in space where there was a lot of need and it's serving as a great example for other employers too so what was it that brought you to aspiretech 8 years ago
1: i've had a lot of different jobs and careers and i mean they were honestly they were mainly jobs i worked in data entry for a long time my family owned a medical processing Laboratory, which was a small business, but it allowed me to gain some skills for processing medical files in terms of like data entry and also just basic lab work. When I was younger, I also had some experience taking care of my disabled father. I was his main caregiver. He had multiple sclerosis, and that precluded me from really having a strong post high school educational career outside of my own. Interests and what I studied myself. So a lot of the jobs that I that I found when I went out into the job market after leaving my family's business was like working at like a warehouse, sorting boxes at a at a, at a warehouse for a nutritional supplement company. And then I got into a little more of the lab work that goes on there uh, in their in their quality control department. So I understood a little bit about what quality assurance was. That was my first exposure of that. But those were all mainly menial jobs. There there wasn't a lot to them that was really meaningful for myself. And I I was looking for something more, for something that was more in-depth and something where I felt like I could really grow a career out of it and get myself off of the warehouse floor. And I came across a SpearTech. I just found it online, trying to find different potential employment, being someone that's on the autism spectrum, and uh, a spear tech came up as quality assurance, and and when I first saw it, I was a little bit nervous about it because I thought, well, this is this is tech work. It seems very technical. You know, just some of the pictures on the website showed people, you know, working at computers and working with systems that it seemed like it was very very technical. But from my first day here you know and from the website i could also tell it was a very welcoming place and they talked about things like having sensory rooms for when you get overwhelmed and there's and and the and the environment is overwhelming you with sensory overload and i had never ever heard of a company that cared about their employees in that way and would have a sensory room or would be cognizant of that or thoughtful of it so you know i got past my my fear that that this might be too technical for me and uh, and I joined the training for SpearTech. I I applied and I and the training course uh, I believe it was one week long, and there were about eight other individuals in the group I believe, and we were all on the autism spectrum, which was fascinating for me because I had never been, at least not since high school, really, and probably even then, never in a in a in a in a room where it was entirely all people that were on the autism spectrum, just like myself. So there's a real sense of community that I walked into there. And I've always felt that from day one here at speartech Tech. And they were really patient with us as they taught us quality assurance, what the basics were to it, how to build a test case, how to run a test case, why this is important for companies. And as you're developing a product to find all the defects in the product, all the potential errors, so that the user experience for customers is a better user experience. And that to me was one of the keys because so much of life for me being on the spectrum can be overwhelming and elements that I feel are not properly quality assured or properly designed really get to me and it really bothers me. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I I hear that complaint at Tech a lot from the other testers and analysts here. You know, that gave me a foothold in understanding exactly what this work is. And I, and I applied that to my training here and, and it really flourished. I was able to advance myself from the tester level, the analyst level, building test cases and running test cases to uh, managing and leading teams. And I've seen other people follow that same career path here, which is really excellent. Uh, so that's what brought me to a Tech. Yeah. Okay,
0: got it. Thank you. And Jen, how about you? You said that you have a background in behavior analysis. So what was that kind of switch over to this field like for you? And what drew you to a spirit tech?
2: Yeah, it was actually an easy transition. I'd been considering getting out of clinical work for a long time. I'd been doing it since before I graduated college. I started working in ABA when I was like 22. And I got my master's and I was in the field for a while. And I was just feeling kind of burned out and I was looking for something, something different. And I happened across the Spiritech when I moved back to Chicago in 2018 and I kept in touch with them until they had a position open. So I came in as one of the employee support specialists, which, you know, there's, there were a few of us on staff who were you know, kind of here to help folks with some executive functioning things, acclimating to the work environments, helping with organization, prioritization communicating with other staff members, the leads, the clients. so the the ESS staff sort of steps in and helps out in those in those areas, helps out with accommodations. So that's what I sort of stepped into. and you know it helped that I had the background that I did because I knew about accommodations and accessibility and you know sensory needs and all those things that executive functioning stuff. So all that stuff that kind of goes along with working with folks on the autism spectrum. And at the time we were still working in the office. So when you add that into it, there's a lot of other stuff that you know can be thrown at you. You never know what to expect when you're in the office. We were in downtown Chicago. So people were traveling in on public transit. So sometimes folks could come in being really anxious because their commute was really terrible and they were late and that kind of threw off their whole day so you know the employee support specialists are there to sort of help people work through things like that get back on track and have you know a good productive day at work so as i was working in in that role i was getting really into operations and working with clients and other things that go along with that and how to sort of bring my experience and my background to helping with the day to day Operations and client work, and how to make that a bit more streamlined and sort of close some of those gaps. So, you know, my clinical background and being a sort of curious analytical person in general sort of I think helps with how to make processes better, how to make things flow smoother for the employees and make sure that their day is going as smoothly as possible by having good processes here, by making sure that we have accommodations in place for people. So, you know, now in a management position, it's kind of cool to see how easy it is to accommodate somebody and make them be productive and independent and empowered on their own. So it was able to bring together just a lot of things from from, from my background, my education, my, my skills, and to kind of get me into where I'm at now, working with folks who are brilliant and talented and have never been given the opportunity to, to show that off. And in so many ways, it's so easy to bring that out in people. I think accommodations is a terrifying word to a lot of people for some reason in other fields in HR and management. And accommodations can be the simplest thing, the simplest change in environment for somebody that doesn't cost anything or take any time. But that one little change can bring out so much in a person and so many other companies are, are missing out on incredible talent because they're so afraid of those simple changes.
0: Hi there, Rachel here. If you're enjoying this episode and you don't want to miss part two, where we'll talk about digital accessibility for neurodivergent individuals, be sure to hit the subscribe button. It'll help you stay up to date and it'll also help us to continue to bring you great guests like Jen and Maxwell. And now back to the conversation. Can you give some examples of what some common accommodations people request for are?
2: I honestly, a really common one that I have with the group that I work with is just giving them priorities to work on, especially like in downtime when we're just sort of working on internal processes. I will send folks a list of things that I think would be helpful for them to work on and put it in a priority, you know, one through five, like these are the things that you should work on. Something that takes me two minutes can give somebody a week of things to work on. So it's such a simple thing to do for somebody to help them be productive and remain focused Another one is just things like sending out agendas before a meeting and then following up with something in writing about what we talked about, you know, having Slack reminders. Sorry, just that
0: one example you gave about the agenda could be beneficial for everyone, right? Like, even if you're neurotypical, like just having that kind of consistency and continuity will just help everything flow better.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, yeah, that's something that we try to do a lot sending things out ahead of time, following up and writing. We use Slack for our communication and it's really easy to, to automate on Slack. Like put automated reminders in some of the channels. So just really simple environmental changes that make such a, a difference for people. For some of the projects, when we have a lot of test cases to run, the leads will just assign test cases to people so that they don't have to figure out which, what things they need to work on. So just little things that take a couple minutes out of somebody's day help somebody else be productive for hours if not days it's great just little tweaks like that
0: yeah and maxwell could you elaborate on you know that hiring and training process that you went through like what are some things that a Tech does to make sure that people are successful
1: absolutely absolutely and and i had so many thoughts when jen was talking about accommodations i'll talk about the hiring and the uh, training but when jen mentioned environments and i talked about sensory rooms earlier that's such a huge part of it because i know like for my for myself even the accommodation of allowing people a hybrid schedule to work from from home or to work in the office originally when most of us were working in the office pre-pandemic especially during the winter months we had a little space heater that i had near me because i'm i run cold i'm always a, i'm always a colder individual it's just how i am being on the spectrum and i'm very sensitive to it and i work better if i'm in an environment that's heated properly like i remember in school that was a huge thing for me and in other work environments that i was at so just that sense of understanding that the environment matters for each individual and you're not going to get the best out of them unless you have feedback from that individual and you design that environment for them to really flourish. So it's those simple accommodations. And the communication, people communicate in so many different ways, you know, Slack, writing, nonverbal versus verbal. Some people need a lot more check-ins. Some people just need it all in writing, but it's different styles and they might all be on the same team, right? So, and that's something that going to the, to the training question that you asked Rachel, that's something that I noticed first day in training, which I've been, like like I said, I had a lot of other jobs before this and I'd been through other trainings before and they tended to follow a real cookie cutter methodology where everyone's going through the same type of training and they're kind of trying to identify, and this is other companies that I've been through, they're trying to identify if people fit the type of individual that they're looking for. That's not what a spirit tech does, right? When we go through the training, we understand that the individuals that we're receiving have had struggles finding other employment before. And we understand that they're neurodiverse. It might not all be autism. That's mainly what that's what we were founded for. And that's what we mainly cater to. But there's other neurodiversities here like ADHD, dyslexia. And frankly, these things overlap. I remember when I was in high school, when before I was diagnosed with autism, and they officially gave me the diagnosis of Asperger's, I wrote down all the different things that I potentially could have, from bipolar to ADHD to dyslexia, and it was a huge list. It was a huge list. And other individuals that I have met here at SpearTech, I've seen those same things. You know, as I talk to them one-to-ones, and I really get to know them, and they feel like they're in an environment and a group where they can feel comfortable discussing those things i we identify that hopefully in the in the interview if they're comfortable letting us know that all of that you know that that helps them in the employment process and in that early training to identify well this person is more verbal or this person needs it in writing you know they're not going to respond as well in a one to one or with the verbal instructions they're going to need it in writing very specific writing and as we went through that first week of training and we learned quality assurance I could see that they were identifying that and identifying what the support needs are. So if there's a higher support need, when Jen mentioned earlier, the ESS team that she was on, that's our emotional support staff that we have here. And we employ a large team of them. A lot of companies wouldn't even have one. We have four individuals here that are dedicated to that for our staff. So the training was really really fantastic. It was quality assurance. It was learning how to build a test case. We try to do groups that are no larger than, than 10 individuals, I would say. And lots of times they're as small as four individuals because it's easier to work in those smaller groups. And we have multiple trainers that, that, are, that are there, including an emotional support staff team member that participates in the training as, as well. And then we all meet as a group afterwards and discuss the skill sets that we have identified in the trainees that have come through the program. And also the, um, you know, which, which program line they might fit, which is a big effort here. Now that I've moved to the position of director of operations here, I'm trying to expand the skill sets that we can cater to at, at a Tech, So we can bring in individuals that have a higher level of support need, but it matches a skill set that's needed as well. And that's sort of the uh, trick is finding where that good skill set matches for an individual.
0: Great. It's such a new way of looking at hiring people. I think it just opens up so many doors for people who otherwise might not have that opportunity. Like the statistics are staggering. Like is it 85% right of autistic people or disabled people are unemployed?
1: Right. Right.
0: And when we talk about what that means for their mental health and their general quality of life, you know, it's really important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I, I would add to what Maxwell was saying is that most of the folks who we brought on board and who work here had no experience in quality assurance prior to coming here. So the training that we give is usually their first experience or exposure to QA. And you know, we've had people who have got into it and been really, really successful and have become leads and managers and made their way through. And it's just been you know opened a, a huge door for them coming in with no previous either work experience or no QA experience. So it's been really successful in an approach to giving people employment and opening doors. You know, we don't have very strict, stringent requirements. We have to check all these boxes on an application so that you fit into this role. Right. You know, we really give people opportunities to to try it out and see if it works for them.
0: Right.
1: And so many of them, like I was mentioning They've maybe done this in previous careers just because they naturally want to quality assure things. You know, they naturally want to put things in order. It might have been something extra that they were doing on a more menial job that someone else noted in them, you know, that, oh, well, this person, yeah, they were a higher support need, but they're really good at organizing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And those are the kind of things we look for. And then the certification, we can we can give them that certification or we can find the companies that certify and we can put people through that training track. Like that's another form of training that I've taken here and that we provide people here is the ISTQB, which is the International Software Testing Qualification Board certification. And you can just get the foundation level, which is entry level quality assurance software testing. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of individuals here have passed that and qualified for it with no prior experience in the industry. Absolutely.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So let's talk about the actual work that you do. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss part two coming up next week. Thanks for listening. Take care.